Hey, what is up, everybody? This is Michael, and welcome back to the Journey to Wealth podcast. Uh, today, I'm going to talk about something a little bit uh, different, but nonetheless important and valuable. Now, how many of you know of Harry Styles? I mean, if you've never heard of the guy, you're probably living under a rock, to be honest. Um, he is an artist, performer, singer. He used to be in, uh, in One Direction. And honestly, I think he is currently my wife's favorite singer. And his music's actually grown on me quite a bit too, to be honest with you. He's actually got some pretty good songs on his new album. And I'm not going to lie, I'm actually a pretty big fan of most of them, if not all of them, really. So, what does he have to do with anything? Well, today, I'm going to talk about him. Um, and what it is that he's done, and how he can teach us and teach us a few lessons in how to grow our business and how to market our business successfully because you know obviously he's super successful um top performer top selling artist but i think we forget that this marketing thing it applies to more than just day-to-day business it also applies to to hollywood it applies to music it applies to artists it applies basically everywhere you go and, and if you notice what other people are doing in different industries and, and different areas and try and figure out a way to apply that in, in your specific business, you might find it actually helps you to get an edge on everyone else. So I want to talk about two things that we can learn from Harry Styles um, and how to grow our business. First thing is pretty awesome. Now, my wife was telling me the other day, I was sitting in the car, um, parked up somewhere and She's about to go into the shops and she was telling me about one of the songs that was on the radio right then. It was a song from his second album. So Harry Styles has had two albums now uh, as, as a solo artist. Uh, the first album was good. The second album was much better. And it was really interesting. Um, I didn't really know a lot about it, but my wife knows almost everything there is to know. <laughs> so she was telling me, that just before he released his first album, he made a press release where he stated that every single song in his first album, um, he released them with the intent that every song would sound like it belongs in a completely different album to each other. They would sound completely different, coming from different angles, have different stories, have different uh, hooks in the songs, um, maybe even would target different audiences, but would just be different songs, really. Uh, different genres that would sound different, feel different, and they would, in general, just be different types of music. And, and that's what he did. And in the first album that came out, there were all these different songs, but none of them really felt or, or sounded the same. They were, they were slightly, if not largely, different from one another. Now, at the time, most people think, um, hearing him say that probably thought, you know, Okay, random, this guy's a bit weird, but, you know, most artists are, and that's probably why they're so successful, is because, you know, they're, they're creative, um, they're innovative, and they do strange things like this, right? But it was interesting, and obviously I haven't heard this from him himself, but I, I really believe that there was a purpose in, in him doing this, in him releasing so many different songs or products. So what did he do differently in his second album? His first album had maybe three or four really big hits that were really great. And his last one, uh, the one that he's most recently released, almost every single song is 
is just blown up and is, is incredibly popular. If you go on to Spotify, his most popular songs all come from his latest album. Um, the top five or six songs are all from the latest one and not, not from the first album that he did. Not that his first album wasn't great, but it's just amazing how well he's been able to do in the second album. So what did he do? What did he learn from the first album um, to take into the second album to do so much better and, and really blow up with these songs? And my wife was listening to the second album this time, and, and she noted, she's like, you know, these two or three songs on the second album that have blown up and done really well sound very similar to his best song that, that performed the best in his last album. Hmm, interesting. And she listened to two or three more songs. Okay, like, hey, these two or three sound very similar to another song in his last album that was very popular as well. You know, maybe his second most popular song in that album. They, they sound very similar. And she kept listening and she found another two or three that sounded very similar to the next most popular song in that album. And it was interesting, as, as we listened to them and, and saw, in the second album, the songs didn't sound like they belonged in a different album. They, they sounded like they meshed together and fit together and almost in the same genre and targeted in the same audience. Um, but the difference was, he took the most popular songs from the first album and really modelled the, those new songs in the new album after they already made popular songs. So what he did was, was quite amazing in the sense that he put out a whole bunch of different music, a whole bunch of uh, different songs, different feels, different genres, and he determined which ones were the most popular and which ones were liked the most amongst his particular audience that were listening to his music. He 100% just could have guessed you know, which songs or which genre he liked the most and which he thought his audience would like the most, but chances are, in guessing, he would not have as accurate data as he would if he released the songs and allowed his audience to decide which ones they liked the most. I also think it's important that with every song that he released in the first album, I believe that it was music and, and genres that he enjoyed performing and he enjoyed singing to. Um, and so he determined which ones of the ones that he enjoyed the most were most popular, and he's almost shaped his identity after that that kind of genre and, and niche really so I just want to share that with you guys to just really think about how can you guys really determine the best way what it is that your audience wants figure that out and then in future product creation or, or service providing really tailor those things so that it really targets exactly what your audience have already told you that they want I think the best way to do that is through something that we call an ask campaign. And an ask campaign is something that you do to determine what is in demand amongst your audience. What is it that the people that you're looking to serve want you to give them? You don't have to really be an innovative, creative genius like Harry Styles is. What you do have to do is you have to figure out what it is that they want. Because if you can give them something that you know that they already want, uh, the ability that you'll have to then sell that to them and, and package that is going to be so much easier and more effective. So how do you run an effective ask campaign? Well, it's quite simple. Most of the time, you will be in a field already or an industry already. You'll know exactly what it is that you want to do, um, and you'll have an idea of how you want to go about doing it, how you want to go about serving or helping people. Um, not only to make money for yourself, but to help them to become better off and, or escape a, 
a situation or circumstance in their life to provide a solution to someone's problem. But when you go into the specifics of how you'll provide that solution, in which way to best provide the solution, and which touch points to really focus on, um, you need the help of your clients or the people that you're looking to serve. And the best way that I know of doing that is, is probably through your, your social media accounts. Let's say I have a Facebook page or a Facebook profile, and I would like to know uh, what I should include in my online course. If I think that right now is a great time for people to be looking into optimizing their online presence and becoming a, a more online business, okay, so what am I going to want to include in, in my course to help people to do that? I think that's an important thing. I think that's what people want. But how do I position that in a way to make sure that people actually want this course? So what I can do is I can put out a post on, on social media or on my Facebook account, on my profile, where I have uh, a following of, of my clients and of my dream customers, and I can simply ask them what they want. I can say, hi, everybody. What is your number one question about optimizing your online presence? Now, the more specific you can get with the question, um, the more specific results you'll be able to obtain. So if I were to ask, even if just I asked just one question per, per module, let's say the first module is on optimizing your website, I could ask, what's your number one question about optimizing your website? Or what's your number one question about building out a sales funnel? What's your number one question about creating an offer for your sales funnel? Um, all these different kinds of questions I can ask to determine what it is that these people are interested in. Now, to get the best results, you want to get anywhere between 50 to 100 responses or comments in, in your Facebook post. Um, so it's important that you're phrasing the question well, you're specific in the kind of question that you want, because the more specific you are, uh, the better results and the easier it will be for people to respond and understand what you're trying to get out of them. Um, number two, it's good to have a nice photo there. Um, you could have just a simply edited photo with, with this, uh, the question uh, rephrased in the photo. Just something simple to, to draw their attention, right? But something else that you should do in order to uh, facilitate their, their response and to incentivize them in actually responding to you is you can provide a, a lead magnet or something for free um, to help them to want to respond and engage in your post. For example, if I was really interested in doing it, I'd be like, hey guys, look, I'm releasing a new uh, online course. I'd really love to help you guys optimize your online presence. Um, but I am looking for a little bit of assistance. I'm looking to know what is your biggest question that you have in regards to X, Y, Z. If you send me a response right below in the comments, I will give you free access to this online course, which I'll be selling later on. That's an example of how you do it. Yes, I'll be giving it away for free. I might be losing potential revenue. However, I'll be ensuring that I'm actually getting the information that I want from my dream customers and delivering that within the course. In so doing, I'm ensuring that I'm creating something of value to them, something that will be beneficial to my dream customer, not just the people that are typing in the comments, but that will, that type of demographic. And I can guarantee you that there's hundreds, if not thousands of more people like that that have the same questions and concerns that you'll then be able to sell to and know exactly what the, the kind of thing that they're wanting. Do you have to give away free access to a course? No, you don't. It can be a free, free report. It can be any kind of free gift that will make people want to respond. If your question is good enough and it will 
it's easy for them to respond to, then a smaller lead magnet might do the job. Um, but that's, that's the main idea. You want to ask a specific question, uh, interrupt them with some kind of, a, of an image, and offer a lead magnet or something for free that incentivizes people to respond and engage in your Facebook post. Obviously, this particular video drew her attention, and so I watched it with her. And it was about this lady, I don't exactly remember who her name was, but in the video it said that she had gone through a breakup. And she was a singer as well. Not an overly popular singer at the time, but she felt that she wanted to write a song. And she didn't want to write a breakup song, though. She wanted to be a little bit different and a bit out of the ordinary. And so what she decided to end up doing instead was to write a song about Harry Styles. Pretty random, but that's what she decided to do. And so she, she went out and did that. And she made a, a low-budget music video and recorded this song. It was a catchy song. It was you know, a decent song, right? But that's what she did. She went out and did that and got the song done. And you know, she was fairly happy with it. And obviously everyone that did it with her were fairly happy with it and thought it had potential to blow up and, and do really well. And, and so she was about to release it, but... As she was doing so, she felt that she needed to do something else to make sure that it got the attention and publicity that it deserved, that it really would blow up. Because she had a pretty good story, right? You know, she went through a breakup, but instead of running with the breakup, she decided to write a song about Harry Styles and hoping that he'll see it and, and get some attention from him instead and, and turn lemons into lemonade, right? So that was her story. Now, if you follow Russell Brunson, he's got this marketing formula that she, which she always uses and it's called hook story offer and the main gist of it is you know you interrupt someone with a hook um, you intrigue them with the hook pull them into your your sales message and your sales message consists of some kind of a story which helps to increase the value of whatever it is that you're trying to sell and then you make an offer all right you, you offer them something to buy and so you had this you know decent story but she felt that she needed some kind of a hook, something to, to really hook people in and make sure that they really wanted to uh, stay on and, and pay attention to her song so that they'd listen to it. And the offer, obviously, was them listening to the song, and, and the song obviously has to be a good song for people to click the link and listen to the video and, and enjoy the song and download it and continue to listen to it after that. So she had this hook, and she thought and she thought, you know, what can I do, what can I do to get the attention of people, what can I do to draw people in? And what she ended up doing was tattooing the face of Harry Styles to her face. Super random. But if you haven't realized already, this chick is random. She wrote a song about Harry Styles who she had never met. Um, but to get the publicity that she thought the song deserved, she decided that she would tattoo Harry Styles to her face. Now, was the tattoo fake? Yes, it was. Did everybody know that it was fake? No, they did not. Everybody thought it was a real tattoo. And so... The story and the hook absolutely blew up. Everyone was like, what is this crazy chick doing tattooing the face of Harry Styles to her face? Oh, wait, she did it to, to promote her song? What's her song? Oh, it's about Harry Styles? Oh, random, let me listen. And the song absolutely blew up on YouTube and everywhere else. And, and it was insane. If you get a chance to look it up, look it up on YouTube, look up the story. It's, it's, it's really interesting. Um, but it can teach you something. If you have a product that's good, an offer that, that is good, and you have a good story behind the product, you have good sales copy, a good sales message, 
but you don't have an excellent hook, something that's going to grab people's attention, it can be quite difficult to make it get the exposure and publicity that, that it deserves and that you really would hope to be able to get out of it. And so it's very important, and, and I think it, it merits a lot of thinking to get a really good hook on whatever it is that you're trying to sell. So for all of you that are about to re release a product or release a specific offer or are just trying to get more exposure to your offers, think about your hook. What is it that you've got there right now that's, that's engaging people, that's interrupting them, that's going, hey, look over here, this is crazy, or hey, look over here, this is out of the ordinary, this is different, this is new, this is, this is something that is going to really touch the points of those people that you're trying to serve. Hit their hot buttons. Help them to see that they have a problem that they need a solution to and that you're the one that provides that solution. Interrupt and engage. That's really the job of the hook is to interrupt and engage. Now, a lot of people think that the hook is just your headline or your subheadline, And it can be, but it's, it's much broader than that. It's really anything that's going to be able to hook people in, interrupt them and engage them. So... I hope that that was valuable for you guys tonight. I hope that's taught you something and that you, like I, was able to learn something from Harry Styles. Um, it's interesting, and I encourage you guys to actually look at, look at these things, look around you, um, pay attention to what people are doing in, in all types of industries, um, how they're using marketing techniques to uh, further their cause and make more money. And I guarantee that if you're, if you're looking around to it and you're opening your eyes to it, you'll you get some inspiration on things that you can do for yourself. And who knows, maybe you'll do something amazing with that. So I want to share that with you guys tonight. I hope that is all good. Keep your eyes out for my webinar link that will be coming to you shortly. I'm going to help you guys to optimize your online presence and really make the most of, of this opportunity that, that there is because you know everyone's online right now. And if you're not, um, you're missing out. Low ad costs... Um, a lot of engagement, so it's it's really a, a time that you should really be putting yourself out there. Anyways, thanks again, and I hope to see you on the next podcast episode.